Hey, yo, what the f***? This is a pallet right here. The late night flight is paid for by the following. Time to play the game where we find out who's capping. It is... This is some This is the game where we find out if this is the bullshit. Natsua, new crew, and alongside with me is co-producer Smart Smarts. What's going on with your player? I'm well. How are you doing, sir? Look, I don't know. I don't know. Forbes just dropped their list of Africa's billionaires, and only five out of eighteen of them are black. You trying to get me started? Listen, there are Afrikaners, okay? Afrikaners. They are descendants from Dutch, French, and German colonialists in South Africa. So for all those women that be like. Come on, the soil. Let's go to Johannesburg. Nah, sister, we going to Newark where it's safe. Wow. Anyway, let's play the game. Why did the game fall out with his older brother, the rapper Big Faze, many years ago, Smarts? The issue was money. The game says he cut financial ties with Big Faze because he was using them. While Faze argues that the game ditched him when he got big, even though Faze helped him find that success. During the game's interview on Drink Champs, he updated his relationship with Big Faze, explaining he still doesn't F with his blood. Perhaps that's why Big Faze hit the game with an Instagram post suggesting that the game did sexual favors for the Ciroc man himself, P. Diddy, Puff Daddy, in exchange for help with his career. Game and Diddy are known to be tight. In 2015, Game confirmed that he once bought Puff a Ferrari. Allow me to read this confirmation of the gift. I ran with Diddy before I ran with Dre. This is what the game said to TMZ, Smarts. I was running around with Diddy. We never worked on an album or nothing, so I didn't sign to Diddy. So when I told Diddy that Dre was trying to sign me, Diddy was like, go do your thing, man. And so that ended up being my whole career. So I was always grateful to Diddy, and he didn't do me on some bullshit. So I feel like I owe Diddy something. So I bought him a Ferrari, man. It was just a Tuesday. Smarts, I asked you, is it the bull that 50 Cent has confirmed the nickname of Games and Diddy's secret relationship as d d d d unit Wow. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> That's a BS. I don't know how you just buy another man a Ferrari just on a Tuesday or whatever. According to MMAmania.com, the best rapper that doesn't, Drake, got called out by UFC fighter Kobe Covington after the rapper bet $275,000 that Covington will lose his match against Jorge Masvidal. Covington and Masvidal squared up on March the 5th in Las Vegas as the headlining bout for UFC 272, a match which Drake publicly betted $275,000 via the stake betting app with whom the MC has a partnership with. The grudge match went the distance with Covington winning in a unanimous decision. In the post-fight press conference, the fighter made sure to name-drop Drizzy for putting his money on the loser. Let's talk about all the money Drake lost tonight. That's what Covenant told the Assembled Press. He needs to go back to, you know, selling those ass albums and get back the money. He should have went to America's Pick of the Week by my bookie. So, Smarts, check me out. If you go on Kobe's Covenant Instagram page, he has a link that says, My Bookie. You click on that. It's a sports gambling Instagram page. You could put up to $1,000 deposit on it. How does an MMA fighter get to do that? I don't know. That's weird, is it not? Yeah, that's weird. Like, how you get to run your own sports gambling thing going on? How do you get to have DraftKings when you're an athlete? Anyway, I tried to give people the pick of the week. I'm America's champ. 
And I am America's pick of the week. Drake, you suck at sports betting. You heard me, Drake? You suck. Go back to your shitty little albums and rap. Smartside asks you, is it the bullshit that even a red hat, Trump Republican, white and right American MMA fighter knows that Drake makes albums? Wow. That's some BS. <laughs> and finally, and finally, and finally, the Super Bowl halftime show featuring Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Kendrick Lamar, 50 Cent, and Mary J. Blige was one to remember and a triumphant moment for the culture that Jay-Z, the NFL's live music entertainment strategist, reportedly had to fight for. During an interview with Titles Elliot Wilson, which ran on March the 4th, Snoop Dogg recounted the moment and Ho's ultimatum to make it happen. Jay was the first one that came to the dressing room when I got off stage, Snoop recalled. We had 300 Entertainment CEO Kevin Lyles in there. Kevin Lyles had Jay on FaceTime and he was trying to show him where we was at. So then when he came down and as soon as he came in, he hugged me. We hugged each other tight. It was as if we won the championship. Like, you know, when you're genuinely happy for each other. People don't understand. Me and him are the ones. He's the one in the East. I'm the one from the West. Which got me thinking. Snoop Dogg think he's the number one rapper from the West Coast. We'll get to that another time. But that's what he thinks. He's the one in the West. Jay-Z's the one in the East. That actually kind of makes I sense, though. I didn't actually agree with that. Yeah, I can go with that. I can go with that. Snoop added, we love each other. Like, not secretly or anything. Like, publicly. We really love each other. It is what it is. So it's like for him to go at bat for us and tell the NFL that they perform or I quit. That was the most gangster out of everything. Then with attire and the kneeling and all of this, you can't wear your gangbang. Jay-Z hit me like, wear what the you want to wear. Peace to the gods. Jay-Z and Rock Nation inked the deal with the NFL back in August 2019 to oversee the league's entertainment options, including the Super Bowl halftime show. The partnership was deemed controversial by some at the time because it occurred at the height of tensions between the league and former quarterback Colin Kaepernick. Smart side ask you. I ask you, smart, smart side ask you. I ask you, mm, smart, mm, smart side mm. ask you. Go ahead, man. Go ahead. Smarts, are you ready, smarts? You said Colin Kaepernick. You know I'm ready. Smarts, are you ready? Yup. <laughs> Let's go. Is it the bullshit that Jay-Z was willing to quit if the NFL didn't cave into the music exploitation of black culture? But when Colin Kaepernick was willing to kneel because of the murder exploitation the white American officers had stacked on black Americans, the NFL quit on him? You ain't got to answer that! Thank you! you! Bye-bye! It's a bunch of us. I'm a Everybody on a mountain, everybody marching for a young nigga like me to get tsunami on it. I'ma get it, I'ma win a baby. I'll be on my curry till I crash and burn 40 on the Yeah, I'm making nerdy if it's at the appellation to the appellation. I'ma do whatever that it takes to make a blacker nation. Hold on. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Sweets, and I'm your chief flight attendant. On behalf of the pilot and the entire crew, welcome aboard the late night flight. And here is your captain, the Now River of New Jersey. The pilot of Tuskegee Training, the greatest Henny Badger who has ever lived, the creator of Black Pilot Radio and the Late Night Flight. Here is the victorious one, Nassour Nuru. What up, my passengers? We are first in priority. Donate to the Cash App dollar sign the Late Night Flight to get this work from minorities. The Late Night Flight, oh, you never heard of it? 
Turn up the turbulence. Catch us on these Apple Podcasts and these Spotify services. iHeartRadio, YouTube, and the late night QR scan. Download Audible. Download Amazon Music just to hear us back and forth like a U-Haul fan. Hey, I started out not ahead of you. Now look at me, young pilot with the better view. Making sure you can hear all 83 episodes wherever, wherever, wherever podcasts are available. Now let's take off. So from going away myself, I'm watching 36 of the most recent YouTube earning reveal videos on YouTube. From that data, I can say that per thousand views, YouTubers are receiving $7.56 per thousand views. Now that $7.56 is an average earnings number for every thousand views you're gonna get on YouTube. I am so mad at you, Smarts. I am so mad at you, Cam. Cam not even here, but God damn it, I'm mad at both of you. <laughs> why? Hey, yo, why do you guys read the internet poorly, yo? I am so upset. Like, first of all, you're a consultant. You are a consultant. Wait a minute. You're a consultant. Wait, first of all, you're going to be, if you're going to be mad at me and you're going to be mad at Cam, <laughs> you got to be mad at November. Why you say that? Because November sent it to me. Uh-oh. Then I sent it to you. Oh, man, I love me some November. And then Cam came from the other side and sent it to you <laughs> from the other side. From the other side. Yo, listen, November, I'm going to tell you what type of person I am because I got love for you. So, first of all, ballalert.com. Screw you. F you. Don't like BallerAlert.com. Just another punk-ass website that be clickbaiting. They're the type of website that when they do their publishing, what they do is just give you... They give you information from a source with no detail. Okay. They just give you a passage on something. Like, yeah, YouTube is doing this. And that's it. To be honest with you, I didn't even read it. I didn't even open it. I just sent it to you. See, this is what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> but when you read it, you're like, hey, yo, this is a bunch of They're nothing. giving away money. That's all. <laughs> like, well, who's giving, who's giving away the money? That, oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so, so look, but, but, but I want to be nice. I didn't want to just stop right there and say, ball alert, this is it. You're lying to me. I wanted to see if, because of course, these type of clickbaiting websites, they got their information from somewhere. So you did a little research. Of I course think. I did. Of you know who you, you talking yeah, to. Yeah. The, I'm the detective. Bloomberg.com has an article that says YouTube offers up to $300,000 to get podcasters to make videos. Now, I'm going to get into what we're going to do. I'm going to tell everyone what we're all going to do. But this is strictly for November, Smarts, and Cam. But everybody's going to know what's about to happen. Okay, okay, okay. He's like, okay. All right. So, from the top, because I want to show you the BS first, and then I'm going to tell you the plan of what we're going to do. So, YouTube is reaching out to podcasters and podcast networks offering grants. Now, on Bloomberg.com, they have grants in quotation marks. So, eh, whatever, of up to $300,000 to entice them to create video versions of their shows, according to people with knowledge of the matter. Who's the people? Who? Next, next paragraph. The company is extending offers of $50,000 to individual shows and $200,000 and $300,000 to podcast networks, according to the people who asked not to be identified because the matter is private. Okay? Now, here's okay. where they almost had me for a second. Like, oh, you know what? You understand my pain. 
So they talked about why they want to do this. They said major stars like Joe Rogan, the H3 team, grew their followings through their discovery algorithm. So they believe that through their discovery algorithm, they can make stars like they did for Joe Rogan. Okay. All right. And to a point, Joe Button. So what they're saying is the reason why they want to give out this money, quote unquote, these grants in quotation marks, is because the price to build a studio, hire editors, and develop fully functioning video publishing can deter networks. Think about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's what we talk about all the time. Talk, yeah. Like, yo, it really costs, we got to make a set. You ain't gonna, you can't just use your iPhone thinking that you're going to just change the game. Yeah. You got to have a team a team around you. It's really got to be like a, a... A production. A production. A Steven Spielberg from the hood production right. in here. You right. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And what I dislike about this, this passage that I read to you was that they was telling you how much money... They want to offer people. And I'm like, yeah, they'll offer that money. So as long as you have the subscribers <laughs> and you get the views, you can definitely get $50,000 or $300,000. I mean, you got to get two, three million subscribers and views got to be up to 500,000 views of freaking episode. But sure, you can get that money. But here's what I want us to do. There's a person by the name of Kai Chuck, K-A-I-C-H-U-K. He is... He was hired by YouTube to lead their podcasting efforts. Because let's be honest, while everybody is in this saturated time of let's make a podcast, whether it's video or audio, the more you put on Spotify and YouTube, guess what happens, smarts? More advertisement for Spotify and YouTube. Right, they want everybody right, to make a podcast. Right. Everybody make a podcast. I don't care what it's about. Make it so I can get more people to subscribe to YouTube for whatever reason. Understood. Now, with all that being said, Kai Chuck, he is on LinkedIn. I advise my business manager and my co-producer and my artist. Well, he's not my artist, but the artist that is in question, Nova November. Let's go on LinkedIn. Let's go make up our titles, all right? Like, I don't know, assistant producer to the Late Night Flight podcast. I don't care what y'all want to say <laughs> y'all are. And let's go talk to Kai Chuck because let's see if Mr. Chuck is really putting out this bag like they say they are. I really want to thank you guys. I really do, you know, because I have found in a very short period of time that this comedy yes. is very territorial. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfuckers tired of me already. This is early. I'm talking about. Imagine not being for 17 years in a row. And T.I. begins doing comedy, and all of a sudden, in a week and a half, that is the reason that you ain't made it. Can you... Could you put yourself in that frame of mind? Shay, Smarts, I was watching HipHopDX.com on YouTube. T.K. Kirkland, famous comedian, which is funny because his style of comedy hasn't reached the levels of Cedric the Entertainer or D.L. Hughley, Steve Harvey, Bernie Mac, and... He was talking about how T.I. could get in the comedy game. Play that real fast, Mars. T.I., because he's a phenomenal rapper, will sell out every comedy club in America because he's T.I., hmm. right? And make 70000 $80,000 on the weekend just because he's T.I. Think about this for a second, Smarts. T.I., right? He's a star. He can get $80,000 doing the TED Talk right now. Facts. You know what I'm saying? I'm about to play a clip of another comedy great by the name of Godfrey. And I think that his sarcasm, if you will, 
about what happened to him with T.I. Because what happened was he did an hour and 40 set and then T.I. got to come on right after. And I think that his comedic genius got, you know, he got disrespected. It was like, hold on. How did he get to headline? I'm the headline comedian. I get that he's T.I., but he's not a comedian. Play that clip. T.I. has been doing comedy, guys. Yes. He's been doing comedy he's for the been, past three weeks. <laughs> he's been, he's but, been getting on stage and not rapping. So <laughs> not rapping. did you give him a guest spot on your show? Wait, first of all, I'm getting off stage. I did. It was on a Thursday, last Thursday. I'm on stage. I do like an hour 40 because it was yeah. Thursday. It was yeah. the first show. Did an hour 40. And I get off and Artie goes, Godfrey, <laughs> T.I. is here and he wants to go on. Um, like after you, you know, I said <laughs> what? I, but I was like, I'm fin- dude. I'm not gonna say no to Ti. Yeah, if it could have been Karis one, I'd be like, yeah, let him do it. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where you go as, of course, as a comedian, I'm like, why the f- are you in our lane? Space, yeah, yeah. But as a branding, as a ooh, this is a good look. Yeah, as in everybody's about visual, everybody's about social media. I go, sure, yeah, let him up. Yeah. He did about a half hour. He's telling stories. You know, T.I. talks very slowly. Yeah. Expeditiously. Uses yeah. big words. So I'm going to have to just jump out right now because I do want to play T.I. clip and then I'm going to let Shay say what she need to say. But I just want to put out there, I think that was some sarcasm going on. Not not like, not jealousy, a little hate, like, like 5% hate. He ain't like the fact that a rap star can go on his comedy set and be a bigger draw than him. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying that is the outlook. Play with T.I. Play T.I. reply. And then I'm going to say what I need to say. And then I'm going to throw it to Shay. Go ahead. What you are failing to do is recognize something. Someone who could be an ally. Someone who could be an asset. Someone who could add value. And, 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 and you misrepresenting that as opposition. Bro, I'm not your opponent. You're talking about, you know what I'm saying, you've been doing this and, and, and how long you've been doing it and, 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 and for somebody to come on after you, after you were headlining. Hey, bro, you know how many comedians it is out there rapping right now? You know how many comedians it is out there doing rap? I've been rapping since I was eight years old, bro. It took me 16, probably 20 years to goddamn get where I wanted to be. You dig what I'm saying? T.I. is my favorite member of the light Skin delegation. <laughs> I just want people to know that. You know what I'm saying? Something about light-skinned people in ecstasy that just made me think about T.I. all the time. Just, wow. Oh my God. Anyway. <laughs> Yo, you off the chain, bro. No, no. So, hear me out. I understand what Godfrey is talking about. Absolutely. And I understand where T.I. is coming from. Now, in a perfect storm, here's the realness of it. Godfrey is a comedian or a comic legend. He is that, especially in the New York, Chicago, D.C. scene. Like, this guy can do your two shows a night on the weekends. He's that guy. Again, though, is Godfrey, Kevin Hart, Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock? The answer is no. No, but he's seasoned. He's very seasoned. No, no. For sure. So this is where his beef, and I understand where he's coming from a little bit. I am seasoned, and I am a draw enough as far as in this comedy realm where when I headline... I'm the headline. T.I., you want to be a comedian? Then you need to be the opening act for me. But T.I. is like, look, look, look. look. Even though he's not saying it, I know what he's really saying. T.I.'s like, look, 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 look. But I'm T.I. <laughs> I can be an asset to you. See, see, um, it's 2022. 
And I just think we are in a place where popularity wins every time. You're going to get the numbers. You're going to get the people to come put their butts in the seats. If T.I. says he wants to come, he's coming. It doesn't matter what you say. The promoter or the club owner, whoever owns the place, is going to put T.I. wherever he wants to be. Right. Um, And I just think that's just something he needs to be able to accept. What what I didn't like was his ego about it. Like I I after I was done, I didn't go and listen to yep. his, you know, his set. Right. Which is disingenuous, I think. And I think that's why T.I. replied the way he did. Of course. Because even if he would have replied as a comedian and said, Yo, I'm supposed to be the one to headline, and T.I. came like he was the headliner, but I listened to his uh his right. comedy joint. He got he got some work to do. He ain't that funny and cracked a joke on him. Comedians can do that. Right. You yeah. feel what I'm saying? All Godfrey had to do was just say, yo, T.I., let me, let me help you with this. Let me write some stuff with you. Comedians chop each other to pieces. They do. So he could have went at T.I. as a comedian. But that's the point that I'm just making. That, yeah. That's the still sharp and still that I'm talking about. Yeah, right there. he didn't they have didn't to go that, that route. Yeah, he didn't he even want to give him that. Now I see why he's not in movies and T.I. is. Anyway, Shay, talk to me. You had a real good point uh, offline. It wasn't even about those comedians. It was about some real with podcasting. Go ahead. Speak on that. I like this angle right here that you're talking about. Because, you know, I can relate to both. And when I say, you know, when it come down to our level on, you know, the industry of what we coming at, when it's come down to podcasts, you got Joe Budden, you got Antonio Edwards, whether if their name is big or not, you know, but at the end of the day, they have a fan base. So people was going to like, share, subscribe, comment to them, tune into them more than they would tune into us because we're not well known. So the same thing, like when back to when TK was speaking, like, oh, it's just T.I., yeah. you know, he got that fan base. People going to tune into him, period. But then you got the other one who stated like, oh, he speaks slow. He did that. He definitely could have challenged him on some comedian type of shit, instead of just being, you know, sarcastic or throwing him out there, you know, throwing him under the bus as if like, oh, I ain't watch him. He ain't as funny or I'm a headline. See, that's what people tend to go wrong at because like T.I. stated, I could be an asset to you. You know, at the end of the day, we can get up here and 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 get this place packed. The both of us, they'll be coming here seeing us together. But because you got somebody that don't want to see somebody ahead or don't want to see somebody climbing a ladder, it's always, you know, some type of monkey wrench up in there. But I definitely can relate to both. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What the f***? This that pilot right here. Let's get these cuff car questions out the way. I got baby K with the AK. And I got my homeboy Jers, you already know. Show me the brick. That's my homeboy. You already know what's going on out here on these streets. So I got to ask y'all a question. Jers, I know you're a man, but guess what? Ooh, ladies first, ladies first. Okay, Keisha, here we go. Can money buy you love? No. What you say, Jers? It depends. <laughs> hey, yo. <laughs> Leave that answer right there. <laughs> what's worse? What's worse? We'll start with you on this one, Jers. We'll start with you on this one. What's worse? Women with daddy issues or men with mommy issues? 
Women with daddy issues. What you say, Keish? Women with daddy issues. Mm. Oh, shoot. In agreeance. Hallelujah. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't agree with that. Hey, Keish, I appreciate you for being honest for the women out there. You know I got you. Could you date someone long-term knowing they don't want to be in a relationship? Keish, go ahead. No. Absolutely. Speak on it. I mean, clearly, you know, that means I can do whatever I want. There is no such thing as cheating. So, yes, I can absolutely do that. <laughs> I'm just saying. Next one, next one. Start with you again, Keish. Can you be in love with two people at the same damn time? No. I have to agree. No. No? No. No? Nah. I don't, that's not possible for me. Keisha, what did, what did you write me when you was on uh, vacation with your boyfriend? Now nah, I'm just playing. I'm just playing, girl. Nah, I'm, just playing, girl. I'm just playing, girl. I'm just playing, girl. I'm just playing. I'm just He was there too? No, nah, let me say. Nah, <laughs> I, was, I was behind the coconut tree like, yeah, girl. Well, we you don't even know. <laughs> I'm behind the coconut tree like, I can't wait till you get away from this mother. <laughs> get out of here. No. You come to the show. No, if you was to scale on near the plumber, you'd be single. <laughs> you wouldn't have all those kids if you were Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. Yeah. Shaq says to the media, well, not to the media, to the general public, because it was on his big podcast with Shaq. I tell my daughters I wasn't nothing. I was not nothing. So you need to watch out. I was terrible. I was the worst ever. So I can spot them out. Now, he's referring to men that are looking to holler at his daughters. He's saying that he has a great relationship with his daughters, and I'm pretty sure he does. He's rich. Why would he not? Here's the thing. I'm trying to figure out why do men have this condition of, yo, I don't want my daughters to go through the man, the same men that I was, when you can just not be that man every day of the week, at least as close as you possibly can. Instead of getting to be the one that says, I saw you, my oats, and yeah, for all I know, daughters, you're the product of lovemaking and, and cheating and infidelity. But you know what? You're here. So shut up. And you're with me. So I'm rich. So you better be happy I'm not Shaq the plumber because it would have been a whole other essence for you. Think about this. I'm about, to, I'm, about to, I'm about to gender flip it for a second. Women still in 2022, even though we got Rihanna being a savage, they don't get to have the condition of, yeah, you know, I f***ed around and I had a couple of kids. But you know what, yo? I ain't, it's all good. And on top of that, you know what, like, to my son, I don't want my son to go find some crazy woman that I was and shit, you know what I'm saying? I ain't know how to keep up clothes. You don't never hear no woman talk no crap like that. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm going to make a comment about it, and I don't want to sound mean, but no woman would admit to that and have a conversation. Lies. It is some of us out here that will admit it. It is. Uh, okay. I mean, by, in, in my experience, by majority, if you bring up a woman's past in front of their kid and it wasn't good, they're they going to want to fight you. Just let your throat. Yeah. Definitely. So they, I, I, they haven't grown yet. Well, I mean, I'm just speaking from my experience with the women that I know that have a past and you can't bring it up because they don't want to be seen in that light to their children. So hear me out, Shay. Here's, here's what I want to flip to you. Do you agree with what I just said as far as the difference of the condition of man to the condition of woman as far as Shaq can run around? Like, my thing is this. Shaq in the 90s was probably f***ing everything, right? No problem. And... Everyone knows it. It's probably in the media. Even right now, he's a single man. He dates whoever he wants. But you want to also have a, uh, a article saying that I don't want my daughters to be like me. Or I don't want my daughters to have men that remind them of me. A woman wouldn't say any of that. And even if they did say that, they would probably be ostracized and, and, and it'd be 
it'd be looked the wrong way. They'll just be like, get this hoe off my mother camp. What's your thoughts on that? Now, what you said about that, they will, you know, try to labelize as like she a hoe or she this or that and the third. They always had this thing going on. Men can do, women can't do what men does, you know, when it comes down to sex and things like that, moving on as quickly and stuff like that. But me, myself as a parent, I'm just going to say it like this. I always tell my kids, I don't want you to be like me. I'm a baby mama three times, three different baby daddies. I'm going to put it out there. Like you got to be better than me. You got to pick different, you know, pick these type of men. It ain't about what type of men you could pick, but it's also about the way that you carry yourself. Who who ain't done slept around with a couple of people? I feel like everything I've done before I was 18 and had a kid, it don't matter. Them was trial periods. They was trial babies. Those was fun. Now, once I started having kids from 18 to 33 now, I've been in three relationships. That's what's considered real to me. So anything from 18 on down, whether you done swallowed and slucked and been up and down and seesawed around, wow. that was trial periods. You that, that that don't count. To me, it don't. So you can call me a whole slut, but I feel what Shaq's saying because a lot of men ain't going to be honest and say, hey, you know what? I treated your mother like X, Y, and Z. I treated this woman like X, Y, and Z. You know, maybe he know how to go go forward and behave just like women as such as myself. If you honest, you honest. I don't see no reason on why you want to um, put some icing on something when you're teaching to your kids or, you, you know, what I'm saying you got to be real with it because sooner or later it's going to come out. Then it's like once you see them doing some you 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 bullshit with them. You should have just kept it real. Well, we, what, what are you going to say? Smart? Well, that was just the conversation that I had with my daughter mm-hmm. real quick. I don't go into how I behaved. I don't go into, even with my son, I don't go into my past and how I behave. I, I talk to them like this. Do what you're comfortable with doing. If you can't turn your clothes off with the lights on, with the person <laughs> that you with, you shouldn't be doing it. Number one. That's if you feel like you're going to be embarrassed when me and your mother hear about it, you probably shouldn't be doing it. The third thing is to my daughter especially, don't do anything that you feel any type of pressure to do. You do what you want to do when you want to do it because a boy or a man will say anything and wait you out to make you feel like you have to do it. So as long as you want to do it and you're comfortable within your body and skin to talk about it and be your full self, then I support you. And it's, it's worked so far. So I don't, I don't go into how I behave because especially with my son, I'm sorry, I might give him some ideas. I don't want to give him no ideas on what I used to do. I don't want to give him no pointers. I don't want to give him no insights at the savagery that used to go on back in the days. I don't want him to be like his father. He might hear that story and be like, yo, that's that's wild. I want to do that too. WNBA star Brittany Griner is still in Russia after being detained since February. Customs officials at a Russian airport claim they found vape cartridges with hashish oil in Griner's luggage. Now, possession of the oil is a crime in Russia, punishable by up to 10 years in prison. And Griner, like many WNBA players, was playing basketball in the country during the offseason. WNBA all-star and two-time Olympic champion Brittany Griner has been detained in Russia for at least four weeks now. She was arrested for having vape cartridges in her luggage. They're saying that the vape cartridges had some type of cannabis oil in it. This is illegal. They had dog sniff on it. And all of a sudden, she's detained. And now she's facing up to 10 years for drug charges. Now, mind you, Smarts, this woman has played for Russian basketball for at least the last six, seven years, since 2015. Yeah, that's crazy. Okay, so all of a sudden, they sanction you, Russia. America, they sanction you. Mm-hmm. Everybody's like, yeah, we down with this sanction Russia. And Russia's like, oh no, we got something up our sleeve. We got Britney Griner, ladies and gentlemen. What you gonna do? And it sucks because the WNBA isn't the NBA. 
but because how we promote our celebrities here in the States, she's all over the world. She's high profile. Yeah, she's definitely high profile. Now, this is where I want to get into because you did make some uh, some very, very good points outside, offline, when we was talking about um, backstage, basically, about the other people that are lower profile that are still detainees in the country of Russia. Yes. So how do we expect this sister to come back home if we got people that's not even on any type of totem pole of relevancy compared to her? That is correct. I get what you're saying. That is correct. I blame the NBA for all of this. I know I'm doing total speculation, but I'm just making this quick because I want to say something to the NBA. It's not necessarily the NBA's fault, but this is something that the NBA should look into and do. I understand that the WNBA as a business still have to make their money. And I understand that the business is not that healthy where they can help women make half a million dollars a year or a million dollars a year. Right. NBA, listen, man, open that wallet up. Let these ladies get $500,000 a year to a million dollars a year. Please, that's please, Because even the guys that's riding the bench make more than the, their star players. Right? I mean, yo, yeah. the people that's on the bench playing 10 minutes a game can change lives. Yeah. Lives. Yeah. These women are making just as much as a part-time teacher. Yeah. The NBA, if you would have paid Brittany Griner and Dorana Tarasi and all these great WNBA players the real bag, they would never have to go overseas. So when there are disagreements, whether it's between us and other countries or amongst other countries, because they're playing for these countries, they don't got to go through that. You see? You see? That's what I'm talking about. That's why I fuck with Ye. See, that's my third perk. That's my bipolar. What? That's my superpower. Ain't no disability. I'm a superhero. I'm a superhero. I have been very pro Kanye last week. And after watching Act 3, The Awakening, I realized, you know what? There's a couple of steps where I see what people say about Kanye. And I don't think that he sees it in himself because when you watch the documentary, Donda says to Kanye, you know, everyone sees a giant, but a giant sees nothing. Understood. I think that was Kanye's cross to bear. And I think that he's still bearing that cross to this day because Kanye, if you watch act three, he says to a couple of, well, a couple of white brothers, they were in the Dominican Republic. They were recording. I don't know which album they was recording at this time, but they were recording an album. Uh huh. And, Matter of fact, this is 2020. I take that back. This is 2020. So this is two years up. So this could be the first Donda album, for all I know. Okay. I don't know. Right, but right. Anyway, you're right. watching You're watching him record some dope-ass music. You're like, oh, this is crazy. But anyway, long story short, he's saying to people, to the people, yo, I take medication just so I can have a normal conversation to people the next day. I speak alien to people. And I was looking at that, that rally that he had. Now, real fast, because I'm about to go into something real fast. You seen that rally he did when he started talking about abortions and he had that proud yeah. boy vest he, on with yes. the black shirt? He, that, that was his uh, campaign. He yes. decided to run for president and that was like his campaign stop or whatever. Check this out. I don't know if you looked at it the way I looked at it, Smarts, but when I first saw that, I said, oh, is he rehearsing for his next Saturday Night Live skit or something? This looked like a MTV Music Awards show right here. It didn't look like a real rally. Even though we don't look at Trump as a real president, this is just an opinion, just saying, what Trump still did, he kept himself in the era. Like, Trump thinks he's better than everybody, but at least Trump was like, okay, I got to do something presidential. I still need to make the stage look presidential, even though I'm going to hold this rally at a stadium 
and do something bigger than what normal politicians do. Right. I'm still going to stage a politician act. Kanye didn't do that. This looks like a petulant child just being very passionate about something, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. Okay. And I'm like, yo, I don't know whether it's Percocet or any other type of drug or maybe the death of Donda, but I realized something about Kanye. And, 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 it, and it wasn't this when he first came out because when he was very confident and would speak to people, maybe it was all confidence that you got, but now it's more of a, a petulant, very passionate, overly passionate way of talking where I don't think people are understanding what he's looking to say. And at that point, I don't think nobody even wants to know anymore. Uh, okay, I can I, see I can see what you mean by that. This is his disconnect, in my opinion, his, communi- his communicative skills. Now, it already starts off wrong and maybe semi-arrogant when you're already going to call yourself a genius. But, but you know what? I don't even blame you for that because I think you, when you say that, you was talking about the music. But when you started talking about running for president and how you're going to change the world, you can't showcase a style that suggests you're a petulant child. He has the ability to change the world, but he hasn't yet. And everything that he's done to me seems like he's done it all for himself. And when you look at fashion, you look at music, you look at how he communicates through his art, it's, it's always an inward. It's always a conversation about himself. Even if he's talking about God and religion, it's about him and God. Thank you for flying the late night flight. Shout out to all the pilots who contribute to the fastest rising podcast. Hey, yo, what the f***? This is a pilot right here. 